Welcome back to a special edition emergency podcast for the state of recruiting. I am Mike Roach, and I'm joined as always by Hudson Standish. And we're coming to you on this emergency basis for the big news, Texas Landing transfer wide receiver, Ajay Hall from Alabama. Uh, And we kind of just wanted to get on here and do an instant reaction and break this down. Um, So we're going to talk about a couple things, mainly uh, you know what what Hall brings to the to the table, what he can kind of do to diversify the Texas offense, and then obviously you know as it's been talked about, there are some red flags there uh, with him, and, and so we'll talk a little bit about if uh, you know what this does to a locker room to bring in a player like this potentially. Uh, Hudson, you found some interesting testing data before we recorded. Um, you know what do you, what do you think? What are I guess skill set wise, what do you really love about a Jai Hall? Well, Mike, one of the main things when I was looking back, because the first thing when you look at a Jai Hall is how much of a freak he is athletically. You know, we talk a lot about the Florida talent, the Georgia talent. He is a wide receiver straight from the state of Florida. And his measurements of 6'3, 190, he has an 81 and a half inch wing, 36 inch arms, and he runs extremely well in the 40 and in the 20 at with laser times. So you're just getting a true boundary wide receiver that's going to be able to still have Steve Sarkeesian's all gas, no breaks speed outlook at the wide receiver spot. I mean, there is a reason that Jeff Banks was his primary recruiter when he was still at Alabama, and that's because they think that he's a round one level NFL type talent. It's just an unbelievable get for Texas. And it really unlocks a lot for the 2022 Texas Longhorns offense. Yeah. And I think more so than, than Jeff Banks being his recruiter, I think it shows you that Steve Sarkeesian, when he was at Alabama felt he was a perfect fit for that offense. Um, You know, I looking at who he had offered him, I mean, it was a who's who of schools recruiting him. um, And, you know, Alabama with Sarkeesian and Banks went after him as hard as anybody to ultimately win him. And so bringing him in a a player with his type of skill, we've talked a lot about Texas needing to add dynamic skill uh, to this offense. And, you know, weirdly enough, if you count Xavier Worthy, who I wouldn't really call a portal guy, but obviously was not a guy that ultimately signed with Texas in a class and then, you know, ended up getting out of his NLI to Michigan – they brought in a lot of that talent via outside means other than recruiting. You know, it's been uh, Xavier Worthy, Isaiah Naor, now Ajay Hall. Um, and, you know, going into the season, you have to think that those guys are, along with Jordan Whittington, are, that's probably your top four uh, as the way the receiver room shakes out right now. Absolutely, Mike. And with that four – plus the ability, like you said, to kind of get those tight ends that we're hearing such great things about in the spring. Plus, you know that Steve Steve Sarkeesian likes to target the running backs in the passing game as well. And with Bajan Robinson already proving that he can do that, along with Rashawn Johnson, who kind of took a step forward as far as a multifaceted back when Bajan was out late in the year last year, Keelan Robinson is seeming to come on during the spring. And now you add a guy like Ajay Hall. And I think it is kind of fair for Texas fans to get really excited about this team. I mean, Mike, we were talking about this the other day, but while Texas might not be the highest in the 247 transfer portal rankings, 
what we love that they're doing is they're not just taking 10-plus portal guys just to add on to the roster. They're being very selective in who they're taking, and that's why their average portal recruit is now above 94. I mean, every single guy that they're getting from the portal is just an absolute hit and fits exactly what they want in the program. Yeah, early on when they came in last year, you know, it was just kind of about getting bodies in, Ray Thornton and uh, Ben Davis and, you know, uh, thinking of a couple of other guys. Devin Richardson. Devin Richardson is the other guy I'm trying to think of. It was more about just finding that quality depth and uh, and hoping you could plug a couple of holes via the portal. This year it has been much more of a targeted approach to add frontline players to this team. And when you look at the transfer class, everybody's got a role, whether it be Quit Ewers, who's obviously competing for a quarterback spot, um, you've got Naor, who's, who's figuring in right away. Ryan Watts, who's going to play on defense quite a bit from what we're hearing. Um, Jaleel Billingsley, who uh, has, has made his own waves during practice. I think that um, when you look at what they've done, it's, it's, it's really been a difference in the way you go about constructing a roster. And look, I, you know, I know a lot of people have joked about the the constant flux of Alabama players going to Texas, but really, if you're going to get players from a program, don't you kind of want it to be Alabama? <laughs> yeah, Al- Alabama and Ohio State are not the worst places to get your portal talent from. And I think it's just something that in the portal era, too, I mean, you just see this where it's you're either wanting to target the guys who have verified elite production at maybe a smaller level that you think can translate up, or you want guys who were verified dudes in high school that, okay, if I'm taking them from Texas, I know that at least they have the baseline traits to compete and to get better and develop under our system. So we've talked a lot about the baggage of a Jai Hall. I think it's been talked about on a national level quite a bit. And, you know, I can't get into everything we've heard because it's, it's a lot of hearsay. It's a lot of Exactly. You know, people told me this, and I don't, I don't know that I can verify it. So we're not really going to get into the specifics of what that baggage is. But I will say that the baggage is, if, if all true, is pretty considerable um, and much different than a lot of the guys they've taken in the portal area. Now, I will say Jaleel Billingsley was a guy that came with, diff- with his own amount of baggage, different baggage, to be sure, uh, from what we've heard. But uh, his own amount, and from everything we've heard, Jaleel Billingsley has everything's gone swimmingly since he's been on campus. So, you know, I think there is a measure, a degree of Banks and Sarkeesian knowing, hey, we recruited this guy, we've got a relationship with him, we feel like we can kind of get him on on the right path. That all that being said, when you have a young a young program in the terms of of uh, coaching staff that. Sh- struggled with culture that was coming off of a five and seven season. Isn't there a little bit of a danger in, in maybe introducing a player like this to that kind of environment? Yeah, absolutely, Mike. There absolutely is that danger, but it's one of those things too to where I would rather have the coach that's willing to take the calculated risk and throw a you know a personality like this into the locker room, but also one that can you know reap the benefits and you know, it's one of those ones where it is a risk, but it's also a risk that'll be easily forgotten if the third game of the year, or the fourth game of the year, a Jai Hall goes on a you know tear and catches three touchdown passes. So it's one of those ones where I think that 
you have to trust Jeff Banks. You have to trust Steve Sarkeesian. And at the end of the day, it does kind of fall back on them. But it's also something where if Hall does show up at Texas, have a good head on his shoulders, spend two years here and then going to the league, they also deserve to reap the rewards as far as, you know, a lot of people are probably doubting this move and thinking that it's going to blow up in their face on the Bama side. Well, if he does have that success, he, they need to get their credit there. And taking a chance on a guy like this, it's, I mean, let's be clear. If the program wasn't in the condition it was in, you probably wouldn't. I mean, if you were better yeah. off and you weren't hurting for offense, you probably would be a little more cautious on taking that risk. But that said, there isn't time anymore in college football to build a program from the bottom up. You have to, uh, it, the portal has kind of made it to where shortcuts are expected at this point. Um, at Texas, the expectation is also high. And while Steve Sarkeesian came in needing to rebuild, he's not really going to be given time for a rebuild. I mean, if they go five and seven or six and six this year, he's coaching for his job in year three, it feels like, especially with, you know, the way things have gone at Texas over the past couple of years. So I think not that I, I don't want to put words in Sark's mouth and say that he was forced into this decision, but in a way, you know, if you have a talent like this available to you, you have an advantage in the sense that you recruited that talent, you have the relationship with him prior. It's almost a risk you have to take, especially with what Texas needs at the receiver position. And that is somebody who could take the load off of Xavier Worthy. Bringing Isaiah Naoran helps that. A healthy Jordan Whittington would help that a ton. I think we saw Texas get extremely one-dimensional last season once Jordan Whittington went down with injury and there was really nobody else to step up and fill the void. But now when you talk about bringing Ajay Hall in, you really are adding depth and uh, you know lots of different dimensions to this offense. Absolutely, Mike. And I think there are two also kind of important factors. One, it is a little bit easier to be the second spot that and a, you know, a guy that Ajay Hall is at. I mean, now he doesn't have the ability with the one-time transfer to just pack up and leave if you hit some turbulence. So you've got that in your back pocket if you're the Texas staff. And another thing to keep in mind as well is with Xavier Worthy's breakout and the encouraging things that we've heard from Isaiah Naor and Jordan Whittington this spring, if he does bust, ideally you still have enough of a three-headed monster to where maybe it isn't the crushing defeat it would have been heading into last year where there really wasn't a surefire weapon for this Texas offense. Um, another thing that I've just been kind of thinking about too, Mike, with this is that now you can run a little bit more 10 personnel and they've really based out of 11 and 12 personnel during the spring. But now you do give a little bit more of an option to where, okay, if you can't get a light box with an 11 personnel set, take out a tight end and then you can go four wide. And maybe that does force them into a cover one look that does force them to have maybe an outside linebacker in an overhang spot 
and then you can pound the rock with Bajan on inside zone or outside zone and maybe free up a little bit of space for him because that was a large problem for the Texas offense last year is that if they were in 11 personnel or 12 personnel, at times teams, and you saw Baylor especially do this, would go eight or nine-man boxes and there just wouldn't be anywhere for him to run behind an already kind of average offensive line. Not to mention the fact that he was so beat up from playing hero ball earlier in the season. So that that's another element to where the right hand, you know, feeds the left hand, blah, blah, blah. I just think that this could help not only the wide receiver core, but just the overall offense as a whole. Before we sat down to record this, we were tossing around a couple of names that maybe had similar concerns entering the portal and did those guys succeed? And uh, really, I mean, kind of the only ones we, we could really come up with was like Kyler Murray wasn't a modern transfer portal guy, transferred and sat a year, but Kyler leaving A&M certainly had a lot of red yeah, flags absolutely. and concerns as a teammate, and I think you've seen that follow him to the NFL now. Um, but, you know, nonetheless was able to win a Heisman Trophy and go number one overall. I'll also say, you know, just in high school recruiting circles, when I asked about Xavier Worthy when he became an option, there were a lot of people lining up to tell me what a headache Xavier Worthy was. And uh, I think in year one, he's been a obviously a fantastic player, but I think you've also seen that guys love him. He's been a fantastic teammate, a good representation of the team. I think the fans have really taken to him. So it's not to say that this is an unfixable situation, but I do think there are certainly some, some big risks involved. I think that's an extremely fair way to put it, Mike. All right, that's going to be it for this version of the Emergency Pod. Anything else you want to add before we get out of here? I think it's, at the end of the day, it's really exciting. Be aware of some potential issues there. Don't (laughs) dive headfirst into the deep end or the shallow end, I should say. But overall, it's a pretty exciting time to be a Texas fan. Yeah, and we'll see how it plays over to the field. For all your recruiting news, team news, all that good stuff, uh, subscribe to Horns 24-7 and keep it locked here on the Standard Recruiting Podcast.